0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: So good morning, champions. I am so excited to be here with you on my first Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., and coffee in the system and ready to go. So uh, this morning we are talking about what no one tells you about new connections and business growth. And what I love about what happened this morning, because it definitely was not planned, was Dr. Sean started off with how you capitalize on your network, right? How you use those people in your world, how you connect with those people in your world, how you're purposeful with those people in your world. And then Ramon was just a great segue into what I wanna talk to you about in talking specifically about the people that you bring into your world that can serve your business and that you can help develop. So this morning, I want to talk to you about a specific group of people, and those are the group of people that you decide to bring in your business. We are talking small business this morning, so if you don't have people that work in your organization with you currently, there will come a time where you will need them. And what a great way to bring those people into your world than through your network. Some of the best hires that I have made in organizations that I have run and in my own organization is through my network. When I let those people that I network with on a regular basis know I'm ready for the next hire or I'm looking for someone that can really help take me and my business to the next level, they are so willing to pour into me and suggest connections. And oh my goodness, some of the best people that I've hired have come through those individuals. Some of the longest lasting people in my organizations have been. And those that have come through my network. So that's what I really wanna to talk to you about this morning. The way in which we bring these new people into our organization is vital to the growth of our organization. From setting expectations and providing clarity on the role to onboarding and training and everything in between, here are, and I've broken it down into five key items that absolutely, when executed properly, lay the foundation for long-lasting relationships that are not only growing your people, in turn, it's growing your business. So the first one that I wanna talk about is commitment and expectations conversations before somebody joins your organization. Now I am a huge proponent of doing a career visioning process or recruiting process the right way. And that should definitely be more than one interview and longer than 30 minutes. It is so vital to get to know these individuals that you are thinking about bringing into your organization. You get to know what motivates them. You get to know where they came from and how they got where they are. You get to know where they want to go in the next three to five years. Also, things, you know, you can dial this down to a micro level, how they problem solve, what have been their best successes, what have been their biggest triumphs in this process of recruiting individuals to your organization this is your opportunity to get to know about them to really identify if they're going to be the right fit for you and your organization it's like courting essentially And it is vital to your business. If you can find out as much information as you possibly can about this individual prior to bringing them in your organization, it does one of two things. First and foremost, it absolutely uncovers red flags way in the beginning before you make a bad hire and then have to absorb the cost of that. Number two, however, though, it also gives you an opportunity to get to know them and really identify how they're going to fit in your world and how you can potentially grow them as they continue that relationship with you. So please, when thinking about bringing on new individuals and taking them through that recruiting process or that hiring process, make sure that you're doing it thorough. Some of my favorite tools there would be a personality assessment to help you better identify what their personality is. Also having some individuals on your team, whether they're in your organization or they're people outside of your organization that are trusted advisors, that you can have sit with this individual for a period of time, ask them some questions and see if they're getting the same vibe as you are. Definitely and probably one of the most important things that you can do is checking references for this individual. I use a process that goes three deep and I ask for five references. So that's literally almost 15, essentially, and I'm looking to check at least three of those and go three deep. So I want to speak to at least nine people in regards to that, because while their first level may be great, second and third levels really uncover things about individuals when bringing them into your organization. So with that being said, now we've made the decision to bring someone in. We want to offer them a position in our organization. One of the most vital things that you can do in the beginning is have a commitment and expectations conversation before they enter into your world. And that conversation might be one of the most important ones that you have, because not only is it going to serve you in the beginning of your relationship, it's also going to serve you throughout your relationship. And it's something that you can come back to when things get wonky, when expectations aren't being met when commitments feel like they're lacking on either side. And so the way this dialogue happens is very simple. We ask questions like, you know, Ramon, let me ask you a question. How does somebody win with you? And Ramon will tell me how I win with him. And then I in turn will tell him, and here's how you win with me. And then I'll ask him, and how does somebody lose with you, Ramon? And he'll tell me, and I'll in turn tell him how someone loses with me. I'll also ask him how he feels about accountability and to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, because I want to know accountability is a huge piece of our relationship. And in turn, I'm going to explain to him what accountability means to me and how I like to be held accountable. I also want to know what's his level of commitment on a scale of one to 10. And I, in turn, I'm going to give him what my level of commitment is as well. So this is a great conversation and dialogue to have in the very beginning. So that way, should something happen down the road, I can go back to Ramon and say, well, Ramon, something is happening. And I wanted to come to this conversation with you because I can see that. And so when I think back to when you and I first got into business together and I asked you what your level of commitment was, and you told me it was a 10. And when I asked you to give me an example of that, you gave me an example. Well, Ramon, I'm not seeing that level of commitment. Or Ramon, when I first met with you and I asked you about your accountability level and you gave me an example of what that looks like, well, here we are and I'm not seeing that accountability level. And what that does is it really takes the emotion out of the conversation and it literally just sets you up to talk about facts. There's no emotion, because while I think Ramon is an absolutely amazing human, he and I are great, yet him and the job, they're not so great at this point and here's why. So it really helps in having those fierce or tough conversations that we need to have with individuals. So number one, commitment and expectations conversation. Then number two would be onboarding and orientation, and this is so important. We know when bringing someone new into our organization, that first 90-day period is probably one of the most, if not the most, crucial in the entire experience. Because not only is somebody finding their footing in our organization, they're learning new things. Also, they are developing new habits. So it is crucial that we onboard them properly. We do a thorough orientation and then we onboard them and train them properly. And remember also, when we're taking people through this career visioning process and we're telling them what a great value proposition we have in our organization and how we see them fitting in and how excited we are to have them in our organization, day one orientation is your first real opportunity to show up now and give that first impression. So when you bring someone into your organization, how does it feel on day one? Does it feel like a true orientation? Are you showing them around? Are you letting them know who they need to be talking to? Are you giving them a place to work? Are you being very specific in what's expected of them? Or does it feel like a tornado where you're like, come on in, drop your stuff and follow me. We're just going to go crazy. Remember that that first impression is your first opportunity to really show them everything that you've just told them about throughout the career visioning process. The second piece to that is the training. I'm a fan of breaking that up into 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days. And you've got to be completely specific about what you're training them on and what that level of accountability looks like throughout that process. In that first 30 days. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day day 90 days regardless of what seat you sit in my organization I'm doing daily stand-ups with you I'm checking in for a minimum of five to ten minutes to make sure that I understand where did we win today where's our biggest area for opportunity and how are we setting ourselves up for tomorrow because the reality is again we're building new habits and we're learning new things so it is vital that we communicate every single day especially in that first 30 days Then when we move into that 60 days, we might be touching base two to three times a week. And by the end of that 90 days, we've got a solid one day a week where we are meeting for accountability. And this does so much. It gives us an opportunity to catch things and red flags early on. It gives us an opportunity to pivot and course correct when we need to very early on. And that way we're not waiting until the end of that period to identify that the training didn't go like we absolutely planned, or the accountability wasn't there and they still didn't grasp it, or we've actually developed bad habits instead of good habits. So um, orientation, onboarding, and that training, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, that's number two. Number three is making sure that you're setting goals and putting metrics in place. My friends, this is so unbelievably important because once we get out of that 90 day training period and now we're really firing on all cylinders and this individual is ready to take over a role, what do the goals look like? what do the metrics look like? What are we holding them accountable to? This is extremely important because if we can't measure it, then it doesn't exist. So whatever their role is or whatever their job is in your organization, are we setting not only long-term goals, yet those interim short-term goals so that we can celebrate those wins along the way? Are we tying Um, very important metrics to the things that is actually required in their job. And quite honestly, are we making sure that they have skin in the game as well? Like this isn't just a dictatorship, this is something, now they're in our organization, they're firing on all cylinders, you've brought them in for a reason, so let this be collaborative. You know, Ramon, if you and I are sitting here a year from now and we're celebrating what a success it's been for you in this role, what things have we accomplished together? What things will we have literally finished at the end of December 31st, 2022? and let them open up to you. Where do you see this department going? Where do you see this role going? What kind of impact would you like to have on it? And let it be collaborative. You don't have to have all the answers. And most people love to be in a collaborative environment versus being someone who just dictates to an individual and tells them how it should be. This creates that creativity. It starts to open up that trust in that relationship and it really gives them say in what their future looks like in your organization. Because that matters. So whether it's monthly metrics, it's uh, you know six month reviews, which I absolutely love, twelve month reviews, monthly reviews, whatever it is, make sure that you're putting some type of metrics in place. So not only can they see their progress, and not only their progress, and yet where they can improve, also though it gives us an opportunity to have those small wins because psychologically we need those small wins. So that would be number three: setting goals and putting metrics in place. Number four is that weekly accountability conversation that we talked about, coupled with that I like to do a six-month review and a a 12-month review or an annual review. And the reason that these things are so important is because if we're doing weekly accountabilities, right? if we're having a conversation weekly about what metrics we're supposed to be hitting in our organization, how we feel like we're growing and succeeding in the organization, where we feel like our biggest area of opportunity is in the organization, when we're having those conversations on a weekly basis, what this does for us is it gives us an opportunity to pivot and course correct on a seven-day period. So we're not waking up in June and going, oh, my goodness, we haven't done what we should have done. And I don't even know if we can figure it out in the back half of the year so that we can make it up and actually reach our goal. So these weekly accountability meetings are absolutely important. And what I would say about them is you have to have an agenda. What is it that you're looking to cover? This isn't an opportunity for us to collaborate. This isn't an opportunity for us to you know, you know, know, shoot whatever we want to about the wind and the weather and our friends. This is a very, very, very structured meeting That should be minimum 15 to 30 minutes and it's just to hold us accountable to the things that we're working on. So we want to talk about the metrics. We also want to talk about what our wins were from the last week, where our biggest area of opportunity is for the next week. And then we want to make sure that we have action items to leave this accountability meeting with for the next seven days and it should follow a structure doesn't exactly have to be that one yet it should follow a certain structure and you should have an agenda when walking into this and then always make sure that whatever the findings are from that meeting whether you're recording them in some type of tracking sheet or you're recording them in some type of document that document is easily accessible to the both of you So that that individual can go in and see, where did we leave off? What did I need to cover again? And you can also look back every single week and say, okay, where did we leave off and what do we need to cover? So make sure that you have that in a location where both of you can access it. Now, what's really important about the six-month review and the 12-month review is that people need to see the progress and they want to be rewarded for it. So when you're doing that six month review and that 12 month review, I'm actually a huge fan of doing a two way review. Not only am I reviewing the individual who's working in my organization, I'm asking them to review me as their leader as well. I do a lot of this in my coaching for the, co- for the clients that I coach. We do a 90-day review, we do a six-month review, and we do a 12-month review. And I let them know where I see that they are absolutely excelling and where I feel like the biggest areas of opportunity are. And I also ask them to, in turn, do that for me because I can't be the best coach for them or the best leader for them if I'm not receiving feedback as well. So this is a two-way review, and it's something that we do at the end of 90 days, six months, and 12 months. So same concept applies. And lastly, here's a tool that I love to use. It's called the Cash Talk, and that's K A S H. And in the Cash Talk, the letters stand for knowledge, attitude, uh, skill set, and habits. And so the questions are very simple Ramon, what knowledge have you gained in the role currently, and what knowledge do you feel like you're going to need in order to progress in this role? Ramon, what attitude do you feel like a strong candidate in this role would need and what attitude do you feel like you need to develop in order to succeed in this role? Ramon, what type of skill set does someone who succeeds in this role need and what skill set do you feel like you need to develop in order to succeed? And the same applies for the habits. What habits does someone who succeeds in this role need and what habits do you need to develop in order to succeed? And when you're asking that question or those series of questions at least monthly, you're getting their insight because as they're growing in this role and as they're progressing in this role, they're gonna identify the knowledge that's needed, the attitude that's needed, the skill set that's needed and the habits that are needed. And quite honestly, this is them setting their next mark or their next metrics because you're hearing their feedback from being in the role every day. So number four would be weekly accountability conversations coupled with your six month and 12 month reviews and the cash talk. And number five is continued education Training and masterminding. And this one is so unbelievably important. I recently, just in the end of last year, launched my own company. Yet for uh, 15, it's almost 17 years, I was the employee for somebody else. And so I was so fortunate enough to be partnered with leaders who poured into my education, who supported me continuing to grow and wanted me to go train for other things because they really understood the importance of that. If I was continuing to grow and mastermind and surround myself with people who were doing things at the level that we wanted to be doing them at, they knew that ultimately it was going to grow me as a leader, yet it was also going to grow the organization. So when you're thinking about your people, don't forget you need to grow them. People join you for the value that you have. They see value in what it is that you're doing or the mission that you have, and they join you for that. They stay with you because of who they become in the process. So who are you developing and who are you growing in your organization? Are you encouraging additional trainings and perhaps even paying for them? And I I have a very strong belief in this this process. I think absolutely you should support their education and I think they should have skin in the game. So there's no reason why if there's an educational thing that they want to learn or there's a conference that they want to go to or there's a mastermind that they want to be a part of, there's no reason why you can't put goals and metrics in place that if they achieve them, that is their reward. There's no problem with that whatsoever this ensures that they have skin in the game and they really want to grow and prosper and this also gives them an opportunity for them to have that taken care of that taken care of for them so that they can excel to the next level so education training mastermind are you encouraging them to go find those individuals that are doing it at a level you all want to and get into conversation with them are you encouraging them to go out there and mastermind with people are you encouraging that, encouraging them that they attend conferences or they attend seminars where they can pick up information and also network with other people? This is what we're talking about today, right? Networking your network. So are we helping the people in our organization grow their networks, understand the importance of their networks? So not only does it help them, it helps our organization grow as a whole. So that would be key number five, continue education, training, and mastermind help them continue to grow their network so that it in turn grows your network. And my friends, I did that in 20 minutes. So we have got 10 minutes to open it up for questions, comments, feedback. I would love to hear from you. And Mike, and tell me who
2: you are. Coach Kim. Alexander Gonzalez.
1: Uh, uh, I heard Alex and I heard a female, I'm sorry.
3: Coach
2: Kim, you go first.
1: Awesome,
3: thank you so much, Alexander. Hey, Amanda, I... I am Coach Kim, but listen, I was just screaming and cheering in the background as I'm hearing you because all I hear is accountability to the mission and the vision of your organization or business and just pulling yourself to the carpet and making sure that you are accountable to those strong points to those necessities and that you are upholding those same standards for those that you bring into your organization so i wanted to say thank you so much for highlighting these things for us and just spelling them out so plainly i really do appreciate what i heard today and i just wanted to tell you that i was just back here like yes girl yes that too and that too
1: and and that and hr this so thank you so much for your share Oh, it's my pleasure, Coach Kim. I'll tell you, there's no worse feeling than discovering that you now have made a bad hire. And I use bad loosely because was it bad on them or was it bad on you? And when you identify that this is the incorrect hire for your organization and you have to literally dissolve the relationship When you look in the mirror, can you say it was them or was it that I didn't set them up for success? And I don't know about you all yet. So often I can say it's because I, as a leader, didn't set them up for success. And that's not a place that any of us want to be in. So if you do minimum these five things, you will be on a much better path to ensuring that you are setting your people up for success. So I so appreciate the comment, Coach Kim. Thank you. Thank you. Alexander, my brother in the pink, what's going on?
2: Okay, first and foremost, it says like uh, amazing. And yes, I know that your your specific uh, niche is real estate, but the masterclass that you just gave us is across industry, right? Because every industry hires. But one of the things that I have say, and, and uh, as a professional network marketer, so I have to manage a volunteer team, much like in real estate in the sense that they're 1099, they don't wanna go sell a house, they don't have to go sell a house. There's nothing you can do to sort of force them and the piece that shifted for me where i really stopped you know hitting my head against a wall and really learning to run with propellers and let anchors drop down to the bottom of the ocean and that that's okay is that simple question of commitment because everyone is really quick to say i want to make six figures i want to make seven figures i want to make all the money in the world i want to sell x amount of homes i want to you know fill in whatever it is in your industry and so i always say are you a one or you a two or three i describe what each of those things are they're different levels if you will and then i ask well on a scale of one to ten how committed are you to making those goals come to fruition just like you recommended and what i've noticed is that oftentimes many people will say four or five so they have grandiose goals but they're only a four or five when it comes to the commitment level and so the question is well do you really want it? And, and the best part is this, is when someone does say a 10 and then they have a season where they become a four or a five, It is then within your right as their mentor, as their coach to use their goals, not against them, but as a reminder as to why they have to grind, why they have to wake up and do these things. Because you can say, hey, didn't you say you want your kids to go to that private school that you always dreamed of them going to? And didn't you say you were 10 out of 10 committed to make that happen? Why are you operating as a four? Do your kids going to that school not really matter? and now you can put things into perspective for them and you can only do that if you've loved on them and you poured into them you can't be a jerk you have to make deposits so that you can make a withdrawal but i think that that commitment question is vital so that you have the right to make the withdrawal in future coaching that isn't necessarily always just depositing into your people and lastly i love the idea of incentivizing Um, self-development and and, and bettering people. And imagine if all of us here who had teams started incentivizing people going to a Breakfast with Champions Consortium or the Grow Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference or the things that we have access to here and get people access to what we've been given access to this last year. I love you, Amanda. You're incredible. Your ability to very succinctly Um, deliver information in a way that's interesting, and I love to listen to it. You're a powerhouse, and you blow me away every single day. Thank you for this incredible segment. Much love, sis
1: oh i love you so much brother and you are speaking to my heart and i want to literally in bright pink highlighter highlight something that you said and this goes back to one of my points i need to look back and see which one it was oh setting goals and putting metrics in place this is why it's so vital for you to get them to collaborate with you because so often we want to tell people we hired you as an administrative assistant or we hired you or we partnered with you in order to be an agent on our team. And now we're expecting you to go produce. And when I tell you what your goal is, it has no value to you. Yet when you identify what your goal is, and then we dig deep and I help you self-discover why that goal is so important to you, it completely changes the game. If you were an agent that I was partnered with and I told you, okay, Alexander, you're now gonna sell two homes a month because that's the standard. If you don't wanna sell two homes a month, you're never gonna sell two homes a month. And every month you're probably gonna miss that mark and it's my fault because that wasn't your goal. So instead, my question is, Alexander, if we're sitting here a year from now celebrating what a success it's been with us in relationship, what things have you accomplished? And someone will throw out a monetary value at me or how many families they want to serve and help. And that then is their goal. And just like you said, I ask, so what's important to you about that goal? And when you do achieve it, what is it going to do for your family? And how are you going to feel when you accomplish that? and now i'm tying emotion to that i'm tying buy-in to that so just like you said when we get to that point and they're not producing at the level that they intended to produce at, i bring that conversation right back out and i say alexander remember when we spoke just like you said and remember when you said it was important for your kids to go to that school or it was important for you to hit that milestone well here we are and you're not delivering on that so i have to ask you has something changed is something different than when we spoke last, because as it stands, we're not on track to meet that target. And remember, it's your goal. This is your decision. Yet if something's changed, I need to know that so that I can coach and help develop you the best way I can. And then you put the ball in their court and they get a say. So showing them versus telling them is extremely important. So I love that you said that.
2: Well, you know what, Amanda, I want to add to that, too, because I think that what's important when we're getting people's goals is that we get, yes, their industry goals, right? Specific to the job at hand. I want to do, I want to sell two houses a month, I want to serve uh, you know twenty five families a year, whatever it is that it is that their goals are. But I think it's also tying it so that you as the mentor, as the coach, know, what those goals will ultimately bring into their life. Why do they want to serve two families? Well, I want to move into this neighborhood or I want to be able to, you can't believe how many people want to take their kids on a family to Disney, you know? And so now you have not just the industry goals that you can use as metrics. And what I have found that to be more successful is not to say, hey, you told me that your goal is to get 10 new customers a month with 2,500 in new volume every single month and you only have 5 customers and 1200 in new volume what gives instead of bringing that metric to the table i bring the metric of hey how close are you to that goal of taking your family on that disney vacation you've always dreamed of now how close are you are the goal to the 12 families or whatever the number that metric it's the what that metric will ultimately turn into because you have to help people understand that it's not just about cracking the whip because you wanna make the sales or you wanna drive the sales for your organization, for you, for what you're overriding, but you're cracking the whip because you want their dreams to come to fruition. You want their goals to become a reality. You want their kids to get the things that they want and really meaning that. So I tie myself to what their metrics in business ultimately relate in real life and i tie myself to that goal and help them get tied to that goal so they never think that i'm a bottom line mentality or just all about the numbers because i'm not i'm about the people and i think that that's been a huge differentiator for me in my business
3: amanda this is renee alongside with alexander i want in on this conversation because i'm over here just as miss Alita lolita would say i'm just this is just a juicy conversation is that okay amanda
1: Oh, please. Yes, it's great to hear your voice.
3: Oh, yes, yes, yes. And oh, my goodness. You know, while we're, you know, constantly elevating, I love the fact what you said, how we keep showing up every day, taking these action steps, setting the goals. And also, it is so true. While we're leaders, it's important for us to constantly always attract other leaders. Every day, as I share with myself, I am becoming my best self. But you know what? I also share with them, you're becoming your best self as well. Your skill set are getting better every day. Keep up with your I am affirmations. Most importantly, you know, while you're growing, becoming successful leaders, you have to constantly keep on attracting yourself. So with some of those action steps, what we have been able to do, correct, increase your activities. Every day now we show up at 12 o'clock to two. Why? Because we want to be very intentional with our time. In addition to that, we've been absolutely adding more um days so so therefore we can pour into each other so everyone can win so I want you guys, if you haven't already, we've taken this 30 day challenge and I know for sure, Alexander, you'll appreciate this. We are going viral every day, every day we're doing videos. So therefore we can really not only be able to interact, but let go some of those self sabotaging activities, you know, looking at yourself like, oh my God, I can't do this. But yes, you can just show up. You're showing up for yourself and with every day of constantly just pouring to you changing from what you thought you were and going into a new, oh my God, just a new I, um, a new fulfilled person. And that's why we're so excited about how we're biz- building our business for 2022. Audacious goals already with the end result, but working our way back and making sure that we are holding ourselves accountable for winning. So Amanda, great segment. Alexander. We love you so very much. And guys, thank you
1: so very much. Breakfast with champions. I'm so excited. Can you tell? Woo! <laughs> I love it. Well, let me tell you all, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. This was my first day on our new schedule, 6am. I was excited to do it and you all made it that much more enjoyable. Thank you for those who contributed and listened. So I'm going to do a quick room reset and then we are going to pass the mic. My friends, you are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, where we bring motivation, education, and inspiration to start every single day. And have you heard the news? Hashtag Rise and Grind is back. Hashtag Rise and Grind 2022 kicks off at 7 a.m., not only here on Clubhouse, but yet you can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Glenn Lundy, Sarah McCord, Scott Simon, Lolita Walker, and Marvin Reed are building a new kind of morning show just for you.